everyone, this is Larry from WSTrades.com. This podcast is about trading stocks and stock options. Any information in these podcasts should not be construed as advice. It's for educational and entertainment purposes only. We are not financial advisors. Joined with James from WSTrades.com. How's it going, James? It's going pretty good, man. How are you doing? Good. So you want to start this thing off and go over your trades yet? If uh, you had anything closing or got into? Yeah, sure. So I did not have anything closing out this past week. Um, most of my closing trades will be this coming week. Uh, the May monthlies, I think, are this coming Friday, May twenty first. So I'm going to have a ton of trades closing out that day but I didn't have anything really this week. I did have several uh, opening trades, though. Um, I sold an iron condor, or no, sorry, a put spread on XME. Let me take a look at this thing really quick. I think it was just a one wide. I think it was a 70% chance uh, out of the money on the uh, short put. So this is just a... metals and mining etf i don't think i've ever played that ticker before so that was something new for me um i also sold an iron is it an iron condor an iron butterfly on rsx and that is another new ticker for me that's actually a russia etf and then um i was able to sell an iron condor on xbi that one is a biotech etf so that was a new ticker as well. I'd never, I've seen that ticker before, but I'd never actually traded on it. So, um, yeah, I had a lot, a bunch of uh, trades on tickers I had never traded before. I also got into um, EWH. I believe this one is a Hong Kong ETF. Let me see what this one is. Uh, yeah, this one was an Iron Butterfly. I think a two wide I sold there. So that was a new ticker and EWJ, that is a Japan ETF and that one trades a little higher. So I did an iron condor on that one. So most of my opening trades this week were just options trades, um, iron condors, spreads, iron butterflies. But I did get into a futures trade. Um, I know in the last podcast or maybe the last two podcasts, I've been talking about wanting to go long on MNQ. But it was up there around 14,000 at the, you know, around the all time high. And I was just like, I'm not going long here because it's just, you know, ripping, been ripping for a while. And it finally cooled off. It had a good uh, 700 point sell off before I went long. And I know you and I were talking a lot about it this week. And um, I got in at 13,300. It dipped down to about 12,950 or so, I think is the lowest it got this week. And it's kind of rallied up since then. So I think I'm up 100 or 150 bucks or something on the trade right now. But uh, my plan is to hold on until NQ goes up and sets a new high. So um, it was a pretty good day today. Uh, you and I were talking about it a lot today as well. The NASDAQ was ripping and the markets were kind of rallying in general. So hopefully within the next week or two, it'd be nice if NQ could rip up and uh, 
go set a new high and then I'll look to get out. Um, I know last time I was able to swing trade in Q and made a really nice profit. So kind of hoping I can do the same again. Nice. Yeah, the uh, only closing trades I had, and I'll start it off since you were just talking about uh, NASDAQ futures, was TQQQ. And like you were saying, we've been talking about, you know, the futures and uh, where they were going to find a bottom and everything. And I remember talking to you on uh, Thursday, and I was like, man, I got this trend line drawn on the NASDAQ futures going from November to the March lows. And it looks like it's going to bounce off of this hard. So I ended up on Thursday going long TQQQ and made a nice, uh, like over 9% profit on just holding the shares for over, I was that like about a day, I guess. Um, that's one of my closing trades. The only other thing I had closing this week was a Ford put credit spread I had on. That was the 11.50.11 put spread. Uh, that expired worthless, so I went max profit. Uh, I got into a... Man, it's kind of sucks right now, but I think it'll work out in the end. I got into a, a synthetic covered call on NEO, and I went out and bought the uh, 32 call. That At that time, it was the 70 Delta um, call that expires June 4th, and then I was going to sell calls against that, you know, four weeks in a row and you know capture some premium and man with this sell-off they just died i think they were down like 10 percent on thursday and you know they rallied super hard today so everything's looking a little better and uh yeah that's all i had closing last week nice yeah i know we were talking a lot about the tqqq as well and uh yeah, you played that pretty nicely and just grabbed that uh, up move after, hopefully, uh, NASDAQ found a bottom there. Yeah, the only thing that concerns me about the futures right now is, especially in Q, they're still trading below that 21. They don't have stacked EMAs on the dailies. So I don't know, like, I don't think the rally's over, but I'm not convinced that they're going to make an all-time high off of you know where they're at right now yeah i'm feeling the same way because i just know how the nq goes <laughs> it's uh it's crazy because on let me look up the uh stuff we were talking about on um was it tuesday maybe there was that massive wick and the sellers tried to drive the price way down to around 13,000. I think they got it down to around like 13,050 or so. And then the buyers just drove it all the way up to about 13,3, a little over 13,3. And there's just like a massive wick sticking out. And I was like, man, that seems like a lot of buying pressure. And, you know, maybe the next candle the next day is going to be green as well. And we're going to pop off. But then it was a massive sell-off on Wednesday. So it's just like so, you know, extreme of a 180 to have that massive buying pressure. And then the next day, just a massive sell-off. And like the uh, Wednesday sell-off candle definitely engulfed the Tuesday. So once I saw that, I was like, oh, man, we're going lower and then there was a little bit of a green on Thursday and then a massive rip today. 
So it's looking a little better, but yeah, we're like, I'm looking at the daily and I've got the 21 EMA on my chart and it's like, right. It like closed right at that level. So I wouldn't be surprised if Monday we had a fat sell off again. It's like so close. It's like, I don't know if this is the bottom yet either. I'm kind of hoping it is. And we have a green day Monday. Um, but I know when we had the big sell off uh, back in February, I think February 16th, we started a fat sell off on NQ. I mean, it was a 1700, yeah, 1700 point dump. It was like a massive dump. And uh, this one so far has only hit about a thousand points. So I could definitely see the bears wanting to capture more than a thousand points on this. And there could be some heavy selling next week and they might want to get you know, more than a thousand points down before things kind of rally up. So I know I was mentioning to you as well that I'm ready to go along another contract. If the bears do, you know, come out on Monday and there's a fat sell off and this thing dips back into the twelves, I'm ready to let it get down to maybe like 12, eight, 12, seven and go long another contract um, because I don't see them you know, getting much further down. I wouldn't be surprised if they maybe made it down to around 12,500, but any more than that, like, I don't really see, you know, the selling continuing. So I'm actually ready to maybe go long one more contract if, you know, this thing dips back into the 12s again. Yeah, the only thing that concerns me with uh, NQ is the volume today. The volume was nowhere near what it's been uh, the past three days when we had that, like you said, that massive wick on, what was that, Wednesday or Tuesday, when they had basically a doji where sellers <laughs> tried to just crush this thing. And yeah. there was, were you looking at almost 800,000 uh, contracts that day? The next day, uh, 750. Next day, 717. Mm-hmm. And then today, 460. So, like yeah. you see nice you know upward momentum but there's no volume on it it's almost half the volume so i don't know that's that worries me Mm -hmm. but yeah yeah, i i I honestly i think they're going to play off of this trend line so i could i could see them selling off you know they might hit around 1300 but i think they'll they're going to continue to play off of this trend line from the uh november lows to march lows until we can finish up on the daily above that at like 21, then I think we'll start seeing some really good, you know, upward momentum on NQ. But before that, with this like light or, you know, it's a lot of volume, but lighter than, you know, usual volume and, you know, under the 21, I'm not convinced that, you know, this rally is going to be, you know, sustained. Right. Yeah. Cause even like, Earlier in the sell-off, um, I'm looking at like May 4th. There's a pretty fat sell-off. It's a pretty big candle. And there was a tiny red candle the next day. And you had a couple green candles in a row. But again, like you're saying, not a lot of volume. So you have two green candles, but then bam, massive engulfing sell-off candle the next day. So it's like, yeah, two candles in a row doesn't mean much. But if we see maybe a third green candle on Monday might feel a little better about it, but um, yeah, either way, I'll be ready to kind of ride out the one contract I got right now if things do kind of pop off from here. And then if not, 
I'll just have to, uh, you know, roll with the punches and uh, probably go along another contract as, you know, after they sell off a little more. So uh, sure, with NQ, it's going to be a wild ride. We'll see how it goes. Shit always is. Tesla to zero or Tesla to 10,000. <laughs> right. Well, that's a nice segue into the topic we wanted to go over is, you know, we're talking about futures, which is, you know, basically the indexes, uh, what people are kind of predicting are going to go on. And today we wanted to talk about how you could play those either way. Like if there's a massive sell-off or if there's a big rally, you know, whatever you think you're looking at your technical analysis, you think things are going to rally, you can, instead of, you know, buying a share, like everyone knows, uh, SPY, DIA, uh, IWM, QQQ, instead of just going along those shares, there's also inverse ETFs and uh, what I use, TQQQ, that's a triple leveraged uh, ETF. So, you know, NASDAQ goes up 2%, TQQQ goes up 6%. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I like about these leveraged ETFs and inverse ETFs is, you know, if the market's selling off, instead of like, you know, with you, with futures, uh, when you're buying a contract or you could short the contract, you can do the same thing with these ETFs and, you know, make like today I made 9% on QQQ on this rally. Well, if I think it's going to die off, then I can go, you know, buy SQQQ on Monday and that's triple leverage short. So, you know, every percent they go down, it goes up 3%. So, I don't know. That's I, and there's for everything. There's ETFs and inverse ETFs for every sector, um, the pharmaceutical markets, metals, everything. So you know, that's that's really like uh, the ETFs and the inverse ETFs. Yeah, I definitely like playing the ETFs as well, and uh, it's just they're a little more predictable. Like. Um, you know, stocks, like I'm looking at the queues right now over the past, was this like a three-year chart weekly? And I mean, the things like NASDAQ and Dow and S&P 500, they just kind of go up. I mean, they have their little dips, they have their sell-offs, but I mean, overall, they just kind of trend up. And most of the time, it's very minor, uh, you know, increases over time, but they do just kind of go up. Um, and stocks just act a lot different. Like if I pull up, take a look here at space. Oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) You look at stocks and they just kind of do these things. Sometimes they make these big moves up, like insane moves up, like 100, 200% moves up, but then they'll make kind of the same moves down, like 50% dump or, you know, some massive percent down move and like, the things like the NASDAQ and the Dow and S&P just don't do that madness. So I think it's like a little easier to predict the indexes. You know, they kind of just go up, but they do have their sell off. So like I feel for me, I'm able to time and actually be directional on the indexes. Whereas stocks, I mean, it just doesn't happen. Like it's a single company and something bad happens and the thing could just die and go down to a buck a share and stay there for like a year 
like or you know trade within that range for like a year but like the dow is not going to do that like you're not going to see the dow have an 80 percent dump <laughs> and just sit down there you know so like for me i can play the indexes a little better because i know they're gonna recover like you look at like a 20 year 30 year chart on like S&P or Dow or, you know, whatever. And you'll just see that it's going pretty much going up over time. The only, you know, time when things can get a little hairy is like something like the coronavirus crash. But as long as your position size is right and your position size is small and you're not leveraging up too much, I mean, you can even survive the thing that you know the collapses like the coronavirus crash or you know the market crash that happened in 2008 because even during the corona crash i mean the queues were trading around 237 and then they dumped down to 164 which is a pretty you know pretty significant dip but as long as you're not over leveraged and you know you're kind of distributing a lot of what you're doing like you can survive that kind of stuff but i mean if you were just long you know before the coronavirus crash happened and you were long everything and you didn't have any cash in your account and you know your cash balance was like zero and all your money was into stocks and etfs and different things you probably didn't survive the corona crash because your broker probably called you and said all right margin call like you're done dude <laughs> everything dipped and like so i mean as long as your position sizing is correct, you can even survive something like a coronavirus crash. You know, whether you just have your small position size in or you have some kind of like stop loss mechanism or something set up, you can even survive those massive collapses. But then outside of that, you know, looking at the queues, you have these little sell offs, but there's nothing that major. And, you know, once you see like these big pullbacks, like we're talking about on NASDAQ or the queues or, the futures, you know, you can really take advantage. And I think uh, there's that one comment from uh, Buffett. I think it was like when people are greedy, be scared. So when markets are ripping like crazy at all time highs, you know, probably don't want to go long. And then when things really start to sell off significantly, that's when you want to step in and be greedy. Um, and that's, you know, kind of what happened with me on the, the last uh nasdaq sell off too i did that swing trade on the futures they had that massive pullback and i was just like oh this is great time to go long like pro probably people were freaking out thinking things were going to go even lower but i mean that's the best time to buy and then you know when things do rip up to a new high especially something like nq that has these massive swings it's like yep that's the time to get out and you know either short it or wait for another pullback and uh you know, by the dip. Yeah, that's one thing too is, you know, instead of thinking you need to be long, you know, XYZ, you can also, with the inverse ETFs, like you were saying, the corona crash, if you were long something, you'd be screwed. Well, if you were long or if you saw the crash and you were like, okay, this thing's going to continue to crash, if you went long SQQQ, which is the uh, triple leverage short, nasdaq it, that thing was trading at the high of the corona crash was trading at 165 dollars so you know if you saw this crash continuing then instead of you know trying to short you know whatever stock amc whatever it is just 
you just buy SQQQ and ride that up until, you know, it stops looking viable and sell it. So, you know, the inverse ETFs are just as viable. So, you know, I know a lot of, I think the rule, I believe the law is you have to have $2,000 in your account in order to uh, short any stock. So, you know, you don't need, I could do this with, well, SQQQ is trading at 1193 right now because NASDAQ's just on a rip. So I could short NASDAQ with 12 bucks in my account if I think it's going to just die off. Yeah, that is the cool thing because when you're shorting stuff too and like you're borrowing shares, there's that interest and all that garbage. So yeah, if you just want to buy something like that, um, yeah, that is a good feature. Like you're saying, you don't even need the 2000 in your account and you can just buy shares of that thing and uh yeah there's different ways to go about it and that is definitely one of the cool things about the uh inverse and like the triple leverage stuff because yeah could you imagine if you were uh seeing the sell-off for the coronavirus starting and then you went long some of that stuff well like tvix too i remember we both oh. played with that a little bit during the corona crash but yeah i remember making some good money off of tvix I also lost some some money when I was like, ah, it's going lower. Things are going to zero. And then it kind of (laughs) did it. (laughs) Kind of found a bottom. But yeah. We were talking about using this as a discussion. What topic we wanted to go over. TVIX hit my mind first. Because, man, we both made some good profit off of that. And I'm so so sad that they stopped you or that they stopped using that freaking ETF. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it had some crazy uh, percentage that they took, uh, you know, for being able to hold it. And I think they also nicknamed it like the cash incinerator because <laughs> so many people lost like massive amounts of money on it that, yeah, I don't know. I guess it was probably a good thing overall that they did away with it. But yeah, that was one of the things that was trading at like nothing. And then the Corona crash hit and then it went up almost all the way to a thousand or something. So yeah, that's the same concept. Just one of those things that goes up when the markets sell off and uh, yeah, you don't have to get deal with any of the, you know, requirements for shorting and stuff. But um, yeah, if you're playing the indexes, I think it's a good, definitely a good way to do it. You know, let if you want to, you know, leverage up on like a futures contract or if you want to use one of those triple leveraged uh, ETFs, um, and then if things are you know going to die off, I guess you could, like you're saying, you could grab some of the inverse ETFs. But um, yeah, it could be a little difficult doing, you know, if they had some something like that, or you know, shorting, I guess, a stock because like stocks just kind of do their own thing and they make these massive moves sometimes and kind of sit there. So I think it'd be a little harder. It'd be like more of a gamble. I feel, um, you know, shorting a stock or really leveraging up hard on a stock because sometimes they make these massive moves and then they don't recover for a very long time. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, something I feel is easier to do on the indexes for sure. But, uh, yeah, I think we both uh, have made some good trades on, you know, doing that recently, just seeing some of these dips and, you know, with the futures and the TQQQ, 
we've been able to take advantage of the NASDAQ for sure. Yeah, that's, well, two things. Uh, one thing, I've only shorted shares of a stock one time because it's unlike, you know, buying TQQQ or, you know, uh, SDAO or whatever. It's you're going along something and, you know, you can sell it whenever. But for me, when I shorted the stock, it it just has a weird feeling for me because, you know, if like if I just bought. Um, oh, crap. What what was it I shorted um, Groupon Groupon during the Corona crash? One day was up like 15 percent. And I was like, nope, no way you belong here. So I shorted the shares at that point because I just had this feeling, you know, who's using Groupon? You're not allowed to leave your house. This is like during the lockdown. So I shorted the stocks, but at that time they were trading at like five bucks or something. And I knew that, you know, I had a potential of losing basically infinity. So that's, there's this weird like mindset when you're shorting something if it just shoots to the moon, you're screwed. Like if you didn't have a stop in or something like that, you're done. But if I would have just went long uh, Groupon, if they're trading at five bucks and say I'm just doing one share, I lose five bucks. That sucks. But if you short something and it moons, you're screwed. But with like if just going long an ETF or, or an ETN or whatever, you know, I just for me, like mentally, it just it's it feels better. Right. Yeah. Like uh, a good example here is MSTR. And I know I was playing them for a little bit and uh, I had strangles. I think I was selling strangles on them and it's working out pretty good. And then I had got out of it and this is a great example. They were trading at like a hundred bucks around a hundred bucks a share for the longest time. And then crypto blasted off and they went up to like 1300 and they died off a little bit, but they're still trading at 500. So like, this is a great example of, you know, the NASDAQ or the Dow or the S&P 500 is never going to do that. Like they're not going to have a thousand percent gain and then just stay up there. So like if you were to short an index like Dow, NASDAQ or S&P, you know, when it's at an all-time high, you know there's probably going to be at least a little bit of a pullback coming up soon because it's just how the indexes work. But on a stock, yeah, like you're saying, dude, that thing could go to the moon, and sometimes it'll just stay there, especially if a company got acquired um, and they're valued at a certain number. Sometimes, well, a lot of the time, you'll see that stock just immediately blast up to that level. And it'll just sit there until the ticker never trades again. So, yeah, you could definitely get screwed um, shorting something for sure. And I think the same uh, thing kind of holds true for selling naked calls. You just you're kind of exposed to infinity. If that thing just blasted off like you're done. But if you went down and sold put, that's different because the stock can only go to zero. So you can kind of see something that's trading at like 10 bucks. You go and sell a five put, you know, you know what your max loss is. If that thing goes to zero, you know, it's only going to be like uh, 500 bucks or whatever uh, for a single contract. So, yeah, I definitely uh, on a stock, not super comfortable uh, with that either. 
And I guess the greatest example of that is GameStop. Imagine if you sold a naked call or shorted GameStop. <laughs> it's at 13 bucks and it went to 500. Like, geez, that would be fun if you didn't have a bunch of money in your account. So yeah, it's good luck, that. Citadel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I could be kind of scary. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I think one... it's a good topic and definitely something that we've been messing with lately too. So it definitely relates to some of our recent trading. Yeah, one more thing before we go over stuff we're looking at getting into is um, I was listening to one of the trading podcasts that I listen to a lot. And uh, the guy got a question about, you know, uh, this. the email was about this person getting into trades and... Uh, they would get into a trade and set their stops and, you know, they'd make a small profit, but stocks aren't making big, big moves. So, you know, they were just making tiny profits and they were kind of level on their uh, P&L and they were wondering how they can, you know, get around that. And that's the great thing about the leveraged ETFs is, you know, yeah, SPY or uh, the S&P might make 1% moves in a day. But you go triple leveraged ETF on that, and then all of a sudden that's three percent in one day. That's a you know nice gain. So that's you know, and it's you got to be careful, have your stops in, because it's exactly opposite. If it dumps three or one percent, then you just lost three percent. But if you're directional on a play, then you know people say, oh well, you know, like you're saying that. You know, Dow doesn't make these massive moves and stuff. Well, you leverage that son of a gun, and it makes massive moves. So if you if you think you know what direction that's moving, you can you know grab one of these either uh, leveraged ETFs up or down, and just play the uh, indexes and make a decent profit at it. Yeah, definitely. Like typically, that stuff doesn't make this. A huge swing, but like you're saying, if you're tripling up and you're leveraging, then what well, with futures as well, it can definitely burn you faster. You can make a lot of money really fast. So, yeah, good point. All right, man. Did you have anything you were looking at getting into next week? Yeah, I was looking at a couple of things. Um, need to check out kind of some current open interest and some. Uh, current volume on some of the contracts i'm still trying to build out um i believe for well maybe only monday i might make a trade for june and then i might transition to july monthlies um but i was looking at uh ijr it's like a core s p small cap etf that was one thing i was looking at and then also what else did I have here? I saw also VTI. So Vanguard offers a total stock market ETF. So I thought that was kind of interesting, just like the markets as a whole. Um, and then something else I was looking at was INDA. So that's like an India ETF. And I think those were the three things that I was really looking to check out next week. Oh, and then EWI, that was like a South Korea ETF. So I know some of the chains I've been looking at, even this week, I tried to get on some trades and I just didn't like the strikes that were there. There were a lot of stuff that was like five wides or um, 
didn't have the volume that I wanted. So I'll have to check out what strikes are available and some of the volume and op open interest. But I kind of like the idea of hitting some different like markets in different parts of the world and just, you know, trying to be as diverse as possible. So I'll probably get on like one trade for June and then uh, maybe the rest of the week just start setting up July. Nice. Yeah, to be honest, I don't have anything that I want to throw out. There's a couple things I was kind of looking at, but I don't even want to name anything. And, you know, if anyone's looking at stuff that we say to go look at it, because I just haven't put any time into it this week. I've just been, you know, super busy with the trades and then life and stuff. So um, I'm just going to pass over my turn on this. Yeah, definitely a good idea to... uh not throw something out there and be like, oh, yeah, short GameStop, and then... <laughs> yeah, everyone go long spy. <laughs> right, and then as it continues to sell off. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man, did you have anything else you want to go over? No, that's all I had. All right, thank you guys for listening. I'll see you later, man. Catch you later, man. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode of the WS Trades podcast. If you are not subscribed to this podcast, please subscribe. Also head over to YouTube and search for WS Trades. You'll find us there as well. We've got trading updates as we make our trades over there and also educational videos. So you can learn about different strategies within the stock market and options trading. And also please head over to WSTrades.com. Thanks again.